Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Shalom and uh, welcome everybody to Hi FM and this is Adel Kozilski and uh, we're here together every single Monday to have a little bit of a discussion about Torah. Today is a special day. Today is Ta'anit Esther. It is the fast of Esther and tonight, um, particularly in South Africa, we are going to be celebrating the holiday of Purim um, tonight and tomorrow. And just for all of those that are out there um, that haven't prepared for Purim, well, you still have time. Um, essentially, the mitzvot that you have to perform on uh, Purim are as follows. You need to hear the Megillah, a Megillah reading tonight, and then a Megillah reading tomorrow any time during the day until um, Mincha time. There are many, many Megillah readings across uh, Johannesburg in particular. Um, many people have put out schedules of where you can hear. I've seen the earliest being 6 o'clock tomorrow morning all the way until late into the afternoon. So go out to a shul of your choice. It takes about 45 minutes. Listen to the story and the reading of the Megillah. We are also obligated tomorrow to fulfill two mitzvot, which are very easy mitzvot to fulfill. One is to give matanot le'evyonim. We need to give gifts to the poor. Many, many of our worthy Jewish organizations um, will be happy to receive matanot le'evyonim from you. It will be as easy as going onto their website, giving them a donation. Even better, you may give um, physical coins into charity boxes that will be going off to to two worthy organizations. The deed is actually doing the giving, meaning if you are going to put a, a donation into a charity box, even though the charity is given later, it will be considered as charity, though it's better to give it immediately and know, for example, that the um, institution or whoever it is is is, is sending it out immediately. Um, better still, if you know somebody who's in need, be kind, be nice, and help them with a monetary gift. The other is our Mishloch Manot, is our gifts one to another. We have to put in two edible fruits, two edible foods, not fruits, two edible foods, um, some hold of a, um, of a uh, different blessing. So you could put a Borei Priya 8 and a Borei Priya Adama, Mzonot, etc. Um, as you know, I'm on a drive to try to get people healthy. So we are running a competition and you can listen out on Wednesday between 9 and 10 on the Healthy You, Wealthy You uh, program. We've put out a um, challenge to everybody out there that this year we actually look at Helping everybody eat healthy. So instead of just piling the mishloch manot with a lot of junk food, a lot of sugar, preservatives, additives, colorants, etc., let's try be a little bit more innovative and give healthy foods one to another. And that this is so appropriate now um, with the coronavirus happening and us having to keep our uh, immune systems healthy One of the things that depresses our immune system Is the eating of junk food And food that certainly does not have any nutritional value So that is tomorrow We have to do Mishloch Manot um, To two people 
Um, each person gives to two people, and it's really, really a wonderful celebration that engenders love, concern, care, etc. for the community. And finally, it is a mitzvah to um, have a seuda, means to sit down and wash for bread and have a joyous meal with wine. Um, and that is done in the course of tomorrow. Most people kind of like delay it towards the latter part of the day, so it becomes um, a, a a supper, a dinner of, of sorts, but you have to wash before um, sunset in order that you are able to fulfill the mitzvah. And of course, when you have finished, you are going to bench, you are going to say Birkat Amazon and say an extra paragraph in the Birkat Amazon, which we also say in our davening, Alanisim Vela Niflaot. It's a, a, uh, an extra paragraph where we talk about the miracles that were brought um, upon the Jews in the time of Purim. So four mitzvot um, and a happy time. We're told that um, joy breaks all bound, b- boundaries. And um, I was actually watching something else on coronavirus this week, and they were talking about the immunology of joy and the fact that joy can boost your immune system. So if... Uh, you know, if if not for anything else, let's just be happy. Let's show uh, brotherhood. Let's show some love and connection with everybody. Um, and that will also have the the side effect of boosting up our uh, immune system, and that we would be able to 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 weather the darkness that is happening out there. Um, just one other word, because we're slowly soon going to be going for a break. Um, just to talk quickly about uh, Purim and Amalek, we are trying to remember, we did on Shabbat, remember the darkness of Amalek and uh, Purim was the triumph of us over the wicked Haman who was Amalek. And uh, I want to talk a little bit when we get back about this idea and then go back to, to our learning as we do Every single week. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Just going back a little bit on Purim and the celebration of the vanquishing of the idea of Amalek. Um, just to give a little bit of, of insight, I think it's important. We, we live with the times. We live um, with Torah. We, every time we are learning Torah, we are learning invaluable lessons that teach us about our, our life today. And certainly the cloud of coronavirus is really um, confusing our thinking, making us wonder, making us feel very vulnerable. And um, it's not it's not in um, it's not a coincidence that it is coming now at this time of our lives in the time of Purim and, and Pesach and that which we're celebrating. And the one idea that I want to share with you is that Amalek. The idea, the spiritual um, implication of Amalek is that it's here to cool down our enthusiasm towards our Judaism and towards life and towards how and the, the way we, we, we embrace um, our spirituality. And really that is a very, very powerful destruction if we allow it to um, come into us because we can cognitively understand why we need to be moral, why we need to be ethical, why we need to be law-abiding Jews, etc. But that many, many times it, there's a disconnect between heart and between our emotions, between our, our speech and our action. And Amalek affects that 
um, that breakdown between what we think and what we cognitively know to do and the way we behave. And it just kind of like freezes us. It's, 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 it's a coldness. It's an indifference. It's a, um, a, uh, an ignorance that sw- sweeps into us. Um, now this coronavirus is something that is affecting our lungs. And when we look at it cabalistically, um, it is a separation between our head and um, the rest of our emotions And so it almost like seems that it's, it's seeping into that very place Where we breed um, Ignorance Where we breed fear Where we, we're, we're actually unable to breathe in The vitality of life And give it what it takes And the way to circumvent this Obviously is to take all the Physical uh, um, instructions that we have received to heart, and I'm certainly not here to do that today, but to say on a, a, a more spiritual level, Purim is the perfect opportunity to, to show up, to show up enthusiastic, um, a committed Jew, um, a joyful Jew, a person who wants to embrace um, the positivity of what Torah brings to embrace and be excited of the fact that many, many years ago and many times after that and before that, we had a- enemies that tried to vanquish us. They didn't succeed. They, they didn't succeed because we came to the party. Excuse the pun. We came to the party with a commitment to Judaism, with a commitment to do acts of goodness and kindness, with a commitment to show Ahavat Israel, to show love of a fellow Jew, with a commitment to go and help out the Jews um, that are in trouble. And here is a 24-hour window period where we can do that to its fullest. So don't be complacent. Don't sit back. And don't go and say, I- I'm not really getting involved this year. On the contrary, get involved. Go listen to the Megillah. So that that message is um, imprinted on our hearts and our minds. Go out and fulfill the mitzvot of Purim. And above all, be joyous. Because the joy that we manage to create and 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 um, do on Purim is far greater even than the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, which is Yom Hakipurim. It's a day like Purim. Um, it has its uh, solemnity. It has its seriousness. But um, when we are trying to touch God, when we are trying to touch um, that which is much higher than us, um, it is greater to touch it out of love, enthusiasm, and, and an excitement than out of fear and, and, and trembling and judgment. And that's what I've got to say now with uh, Purim, and we are going to go back and launch into our story, which we are following in the book of Genesis, Parshat Vayera. Um, Vayera. We are at the point now where the angels have left Abraham, and they are coming towards Storm. We spoke a lot last week about the negativity that was found there, and that even our forefather Abraham, after praying intensively for many hours, trying to save humanity, uh, God proves to him that there weren't even ten righteous people in 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 the area of Storm. There were five uh, cities that were going to be destroyed. And we're going to just follow a bit of the narrative and understand a little bit more behind the verses. So we're looking at chapter 19, verse 1, 
which reads as follows, that the two angels came to the storm um, at evening time. Velot Yoshev Bashar Stom, Lot, if you recall, was Abraham's nephew. He was sitting at the gate of Stom. Vayar Lot, Yar saw the, Lot saw them. Vayakem Likratam. He got up to greet them. Vishtachavu Apaim Arza. And he bowed his face towards the ground. Now, who were the two angels? So as we know, there were three angels that came to, 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 um, Abraham, Raphael, who gave the healing, Michael, who gave the news about the fact that Yitzchak was going to be born, and Gabriel, who came to tell him that he was about to go and destroy Storm. Now, in Parashat Bereshit, when we were learning about angels, we were told that Michael, the angel Michael, can fly from one end of the world to another in a single swoop. That's how powerful the angel Michal is. And Gabriel, we were told, can do it with two flaps of his wings. Remember, we're talking about angels here. But now what we are seeing is these two angels are coming. Michal is coming to save Lot. Gabriel is coming to destroy the city. And so one can ask the question, well, listen, you had just paid a visit to Abraham. Abraham was in Hebron. And uh, going down to Storm was not very far. In modern terms, just to help you, um, Hebron um, to Storm, which is now the Dead Sea, is maybe in a, a half an hour to three quarters of an hour travel at its, at, at, at its very worst. So it really, really wasn't a far way to go. Um, and we know they visited Abraham um, late in the morning. So the question could be, why does the Torah say, that they arrived in the evening? You know, they could have actually just had a flip-flap, quick, quick, I'm here now, and they basically could find themselves in storm within the blink of an eye. So we're told that God had given Gabriel the authority to destroy Stom. But when Gabriel took leave of Abraham, he saw that Abraham was standing there praying for the city. And he waited to see if Abraham was able to annul the decree um, of the destruction. And so he kind of like took his time and he did not arrive um, in Stom until evening. Now, very interestingly, also, we see that there is a change in the na- in the description of these two entities. When they came to Avraham, they were called Anashim. They were called men. Now, when they are going to the city of Stom, they are called angels. So why did they, why were they called Anashim by Avraham and now Malachim when they're on their way to, to, to the city of Stom. So we are taught that when they came to Abraham, they saw the divine presence. They were overshadowed by the divine presence. And in so it kind of like diluted who they were and they lost the superiority status of angels because in relation to God, they were nothing more than mere mortals. You could consider them as Anashim. But when they now arrived at Lot, um, and the divine presence had departed, there was no Shekhinah with them, then they attained or, or, or recaptured, so to speak, their full status as angels. That's one, one um, interesting 
um, explanation given. Another was that Abraham himself was a greater tzaddik, a greater saint than the angels. And so in Abraham's presence, they were like human beings because, as we know, a tzaddik is like an angel in God's eyes. So those really were the the, the two reasons. One other reason um, that we are taught is that where some some rabbis hold that when an angel is performing a mission, he's called a man, and when his mission is complete, he's called an angel. And so he only can be called an angel when he has fulfilled God's word and he can return on high. So they were angels in the process, and when they land up in front of um, Lot, who was now sitting at the gate of Stom, um, they look to him. As, as, as people again, they take on the, the caricature, so to speak, of, uh, of a man. Now, where it says, Velot Yoshev Bashar Storm, Lot is sitting at the gates of Storm. Sitting is indicative in Torah. Um, and has the connotation always, if you're sitting at the gates of the city, it has the connotations of being a judge or an official because they would sit at the gate and they would a oversee who entered and departed and they would run the justice of the city. And we are told that just that day that, um, that Michal and Gabriel arrived there, um, Lot had just been appoint, appointed as the chief justice of the city, and that's why we see the word Velot Yoshev Bashar Storm. He was sitting, Yoshev being in the present tense, it should have read Velot Yashav Bashar, um, Bashar Storm, that he, he sat at the gates of the city. So the present tense, Yoshev, comes to teach us that he had just been sitting now, the first day, in his place of authority, and he noticed the two men that came in. Now we're going to look at verse 2 that reads as follows, Vayomer, and so he says, Lot is saying, Hine na Adonai surunai albeit avadetchem. And please, my Lord, turn aside and come to your servant's house. Velinu verachatsu raglehem. Come and um, spend the night both your 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 feet the hishkamtem and you can lie down um the halachtem and then you can get up veladarkachem on your way vayomru loy kiberchov nalen they said no we'll send, spend the night in the street if you recall on previous podcasts we spoke about the fact that one of the sins that caused God's wrath against the city of storm was the fact that they were the most abhorrent human beings when it came to hospitality and that anybody that would come in, if they were granted hospitality, landed up going through torture and landed up having an extremely bad time. And so the angels knew about that and said, no, thanks. We are going to um, stay and spend the night in the street. Now, one of the things that we can look at over here was the fact that it was really out of character for the people of Storm to behave the way that Lot did. Lot went and said, come spend the night, bathe your feet, get up early, continue on your way, come to the servant's house, 
Why was he doing that? So the rabbis really pick out that he had learned the importance of hospitality from his uncle Abraham. And look how important education is and what an incredible effect it can have on a person that even where you are um, and the place is really fraught with negativity and sinfulness that um, Lot, it was embedded, so to speak, in his genes that, that, that he needed um, to practice and show hospitality. So we're told in the Midrash that he said as follows. Um, he bowed down twice on the ground and he said to them that, you know, the people of this city are very mean. They, they hate strangers. And I am now, I've just been appointed the chief justice and I'm trying to use my influence to improve their ways, but they do not l- listen to me. I, I, I live in deadly fear. He then went on to, to tell them that they had already burnt one of his daughters to death for feeding a poor man. We spoke about that in the previous podcast. And therefore, he said, I don't want you to come directly to my house from the streets where everybody can see you. Just rather come round the back and enter through a back door. And he said, I'm not going to be there to greet you because if I'm seen to greet you, I'll be into trouble. I'll be in trouble, but you can come through the back door and you can be able to rest, spend the night and the morning, get up and be on your way. He also told them that don't bathe your, your feet until you get up in the morning because if you do that now, anybody who will see you will realize that you spent the night somewhere. So rather just Wash your feet when you're about to leave so that they'll still look as if there was um, dust on their feet. So that's what happened. And the initial reaction to this whole idea was that the angel said, thanks, but no thanks. And um, they, they really didn't want to. Verse 3, however, shows that Lot was quite persistent. He urged them a lot. Like he kind of like was very, very insistent on it. The Yasuru Elav, until they turned towards him, the Yavo El they came to his house, he gave him a feast, he baked them matzahs, and they ate. So Lot was really, really persistent in, in what he was doing. And um, it said that what he actually did to try and persuade them is that he pretended to be angry and he started arguing with them so that the people would assume that they were debating about some business deal. And um, really what he was actually doing was, was convincing them and begging them that it was of vital importance that um, – that they come to his house. Now, one may wonder why these angels actually accepted Abraham's hospitality um, as soon as he asked them when it came to Abraham. But when it came to Lot, um, he had to nag them and, and, and urge them strongly. So this comes to teach us, we are told, etiquette. Um, and what is the etiquette that if an important person offers hospitality to an ordinary man, he should accept it immediately, but when an ordinary man invites someone important, he may defer until he is urged. So uh, basically what happened here is that um, Lot's wife was actually accustomed to bringing in the guests secretly, 
Um, and uh, she she allowed them to come in, though she did throw a bit of a tantrum about the fact that she should she should be um, sharing salt with them, which will be a discussion um, next week about it. But they brought the, they brought them in and um, fed them, and Lot began to converse with the angels, discussing the news of the day. And like all guests, the angels asked about the city, asked about you know the people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and we are told in the midrash that Lot said to them about the city that every city has good and bad people. Here, most of the people are bad. So what we are going to go and see is that the angels then would, are going to tell him that the city was about to be destroyed and that he needed to move out ASAP. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. We're sitting now, um, scene created with Lot and the two angels. Um, he didn't realize he was conversing with the angels. He assumed that they were prophets announcing, God, announcing God's word, we are told. And uh, it said that Lot argued all night with the angels, and he tried to convince them to spare the city. And in order to calm him down, they actually agreed to delay the sentence until morning. But in the meantime, these wicked, wicked, wicked people of Storm um, understood that Lot had taken in guests and they had become ranting, raving mad. Verse 4, Terem yishkavu ve'anshe ha'ir anshe stom nasebu al habayit minar ve'adzaken kol ha'am mikatze. They had not yet gone to sleep, the guests in the house, and the townspeople, the men of stom, surrounded the house, young and old alike, people from every single quarter of the city. The Yikru'u el-Lot, they started calling out to Lot by Yomrulo, and they said to him, Where are the men that came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so we may know them. Now, here's a very interesting thing is that um, the word Veneda Otam and let us know them is really out of context. Um, in the context of knowing a person, the Torah always speaks about intimacy. As we know, when it came to um, Adam, the Adam Yada et Chava, Adam knew his wife Chava. So it's talking about um, sexual intercourse over here. And basically what they were saying, because they were these absolutely croup, uh, corrupt, um, hideous human beings. They said to um, to Lot, bring them out, so th- we might have a a sodomy party. That's where the word when you talk about sodomy comes from. The word from the people of Storm. They wanted really to g- indulge in very bad sexual aberrations, and um, just bring them out. We, let's see. Now Lot. Um, was quite horrified, and uh, we're told that the angels turned around to Lot and said, "Look, look here! Look at the kind of people. You know, you're praying for them to be spared. We've never met people that that can can want to indulge in such abomination. They all deserve to be destroyed without mercy." Lot became very, very frightened, 
and even more frightening, um, he he gives them a dispensation or he wants to negotiate with them not to do what they want to do to the the angels. And he says something probably for me. It was just as horrific, though, on a um, scale of that sodomite behavior and what they wanted to do with the two men. Um, this looked benign. But let's see what it says in the verses. Uh, verse 6 reads, He came out to the entrance and he shut the door behind him. And he said, Please, my brothers, I beg you, don't act wickedly. And what is the compromise he gives not for them to act wickedly? Horror of all horrors. I have two daughters, who have not yet um, been married, who have not known a man. I will bring them out to you. You can do what you want with to them in your eyes. But to the men um, that are within, don't do anything. Okay, because they have come under the shadow of my rafters. Horrific. He's happy to give his two daughters who were betrothed. He actually, um, betrothal, meaning they were engaged. It was legally equivalent to marriage. The only thing that the engagement period did not allow was that a couple were not allowed to live with each other. Because obviously, if you uh, cohabit with a betrothed woman, you, it's considered adultery. And so he he was saying these are not betrothed women insofar as that they're not 100% married. Um, and really, this is a lesser sin than um, what it is that you want to do with the men. The horror of horrors, can you just actually imagine and just understand um, how terrible um, and how badly they had scooped, uh, uh, not scooped, had, had come, had, had swooped down to such a terrible level that this was a, a, a more benign alternative. They, of course, did not want to. And in chapter 9, they say, Vayomru, gehalah. They said, get out of your, get out, get out of our, get out of the way. Vayomru, they said, ha'echad va'lagur va'yishpot shapot ata. Um, they said this, this, and then they started talking about him, about Abraham. This one man came here as an immigrant. All of a sudden now he's become a judge. You'll get it worse than them. And they started really, um, showing physical violence against Lot and they came to break down the Door. We are told that um, they came with a battering ram. They started trying to break down the the the, the door. They were throwing uh, grappling hooks and over the roof, trying to shake the rafters. They became absolutely animalistic and violent, and wanted to break down uh, the door in order to lay their hands on 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 the two angels. The men put out their hands and put Lot to them. They brought Lot towards them. Um, 
Habaita into the house, they closed the doors. So the angels um, grabbed Lot, pulled him inside, um, inside, and then they did something interestingly. The men who were at the entrance of the door, the Sodom, Sodomites, that were banging down the door and acting in this most horrific manner, they were struck with blindness, the young and the old alike, and they tried in vain to find the, the, the entrance. So the angels pulled Lot back into the house, saved him, slammed the door, obviously bolted it, and then they threw, they, they threw a curse onto, on, onto the Sodomites, blinding them completely. So they landed up bumping one into another and falling all over the place and totally disorientated. I guess this is, you know, kind of like the angels acted like the riot police. Quite incredible, this story. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, let's finish off this horrific story um, by what actually happens next. Okay, there we have now all the men outside, gropy with their eyes, filled with blindness, banging their heads all over the place. Vayomruha um, anashim, the men say, El lot to lot, odmi lechapo, who is here with you? Chatan ubanecha ubenotecha v'chol asher lecha ba'ir, hoite min hamakom. Do you have a son-in-law? Do you have sons, daughters, whoever you have in the city, get them out. Okay? We're about to destroy this place. Because the outcry is great before God. God has sent us to destroy it. We're told that Lot had four daughters, two whom were married and two whom were betrothed. They were only engaged to be married. Verse 14 says, Ve'yetze Lot, Lot went ad va'yidaber al-chatanav. He went to speak to his son-in-laws, um, Lokchei benotav, who had married his daughters, va'yomere, and he said to them, kumutzu'u min ha'makomazeh, get up, get out of this place, ki mashchit Hashem et ha'ir, God is about to destroy the city, va'yhi ki mitzachek be'enei chatanav, but to his son-in-laws, it was an absolute big joke. Okay? Why? Because Lot didn't go and tell them that they were angels, okay? They thought, you know, it's kind of like now when you hear something going to happen and people can say, you know, turn around, start behaving, listen, this is going to take off, and you're going, oh, come on, man, you know, like get a life type of thing. So they treated it as a joke, and they, they laughed, and they said, well, if God has decided on it, that's what's going to happen, and they didn't they didn't listen. And as dawn was breaking, the angel started urging Lot, saying, Take your wife, your two unmarried daughters, okay, who, who are here with you, lest you be swept away with the city's sin. Meaning, if you're going to hang around here, you're going to be destroyed. Vayit mama, Lot hesitated. Via chazikua anashim biyado, the men grabbed his hand. 
Uviyad um, Ishto and the hand of his wife Uviyad Benotav and the hand of his two daughters Bechemlat Hashem Alav because God had pity on them Viyimtiu Viyanichu Michutz Lair they just brought them and placed them out of the city. Why would he be hesitating? Because Lot was very concerned about his possessions. Possessions. He didn't know what to take, what to leave. He basically became paralyzed with indecision. And so the angel Michal and some even say Gabriel took him and and threw him outside the city. And um, we are going to land up picking up the rest of the story uh, next week. And we will see how the city was finally brought to its knees in the wrath of God and how Lot was ultimately saved in the nick, in the nick of time. And I wish everybody out there, again, may this year, may our joy and our gifts, one to another and gifts to the poor, elicit a huge um, awakening on high to show Rahmonas on us, to show Rahmonas, to show um, favor on the entire world and let's change this world and it's all it's ugliness into a better world a world of Mashiach peace health and happiness have a superb week